Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And today's guest is going to be all about surviving, thriving, resiliency. I'm always on the lookout for innovators, leaders on the cutting edge, sharing those conversations with you. So today we have Kim Sorrell, and she is an author. She's a speaker. She's, you know, survived so much. She's uh, she's uh, very strong and resilient. And she's also the uh, audience or sorry, she's also the author of the book, Cry Until You Laugh. And um, so we'll talk all about that today. I'll introduce her to the show and let her uh, talk about her background and story. So Kim, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Christopher. It's so great to be here. Yes, I know uh, we had connected backstage. I know, um, you know, we have uh, similar, your son is a medical student, uh, UT Southwestern. And um, so tell us more about your story and we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I'm an entrepreneur as well. I uh, started my first business right out of high school. So anything finance, I certainly am interested in. And what you're doing for doctors is amazing because it's almost like pro athletes that need somebody in their corner, right? <laughs> and so that they don't don't retire broke from when they're done playing football. So it's good that you are there. I'm so grateful for that. Um, so uh, a few years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then four months later, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and mm -hmm. passed away six weeks after that. Mm -hmm. And when I was diagnosed, I started writing. Uh, it was therapeutic for one thing. Mm -hmm. But also I went to a bookstore and everything was either very medical or very depressing. And I thought, well, what does it feel like? You know, are there choices I have to make? I'd never been through it. I didn't know anyone who had, and I didn't know anything about it. And so uh, I just started writing so that I could be a help to other people. And then of course, writing when my husband was diagnosed as well and through losing him. And so I wrote for about a year. And that is crying until you laugh. That is hopefully helping people now. Yeah. Uh, very inspiring story. You know, I have personal story with my family members having um, been afflicted by breast cancer. And, uh, you know, 
I think really when you, you know, especially with health, you know, that makes you appreciate life, your, your relationships, your, your family you brings to light so many um, things that are so important in today's world. So, um, well, first thing is, uh, well, I, and I love that you write, you know, helps clarify your thoughts. Um, uh, tell us the, you talk about this four letter word that will rock your world. And uh, so tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, I thought that I had my life figured out. You know, I was married and my husband and I had just become empty nesters and uh, we were excited about it. You know, you want your kids to be independent. I love my kids, but it was okay for them to move out. Mm. And so we were excited on this new path, you know, this new phase of life. And then wham, uh, we had cancer and then cancer and then losing him. I had to develop a whole new life, figure out life. I had to figure out everything. And uh, one thing it made me do is question the true meaning of love. Like mm. we, you know, everybody uses the word, right? And, but there's yeah. so many songs and so many books written about it and so much out there, but what is it really? It seems to be this mystery. And I wanted to make sure I was doing it right, doing life right. And so I decided I would devote a year to figuring out the true meaning of love. And I was in Haiti most of the time when I was doing it. And what I found out about love rocked my world, changed my life. Like things that were taught about love are not love. Mm -hmm. And so much, there's so much more to love than what we know. And so that, that is that four letter word that we all need to know better love. Love. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and I agree. It's it's such a um, kind of a, a thrown around term and it's kind of misused and people don't really know. Tell us the five shocking truths that you were never taught about love. <laughs> well, uh, one of the things about love is that uh, I used I used this 2000 year old poem that you hear sometimes at weddings, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast. And I, I took one word a month to figure it out. And so one of the shocking things is that uh, one of the phrases in there is love keeps no record of wrongs. And I thought, well, how does that, what does that possibly have to do with love? And what does that even mean? Because we might forgive people, but we don't forget the things that happen to us. And so when I was working on that one, I happened to be invited to uh, Haiti to show people this water project I was working on. And so eight men from the US went along and then there were two men from Haiti that I invited along to translate and help with the water project and something that they knew inside and out and were doing every day. And so we got out to where we were staying in this remote area and it was just this little building with two rooms and each room had four twin size beds but we brought two cots and we brought an air mattress so we had enough places to sleep and there was some room in the rooms so i thought well we'll just move things around we'll be good well the head of the eight men from the u.s pulled me aside and he said kim can i talk to you and i'm like sure and he said did you see the rooms and I'm thinking, buddy, there is nothing else to see. I mean, this was a small place. And then I thought, oh, he's going to think I want my own room. 
So I'm going to say, well, it's okay. I'll sleep outside. And then he'll say, oh, no, no. If anybody should sleep inside, it should be you. And then I'll say, well, I don't care if there's other people in my room. And he'll say, oh, good, because there's only so much space. So I said, well, it's okay. I'll sleep outside. And he said, oh, good, good. Because we've got men on this trip who would not be comfortable with a woman in their room. Mm. I'm thinking, what, what is that about? And yeah. so I had to figure it out. I looked around. There was a piece of plywood being held up by a couple wooden pieces. And, and uh, I thought, well, if I sleep under that, at least I won't get wet if it rains. But I was scared to death because there are tarantulas and there are snakes and chupacabras or I don't even know what is lurking in the bushes of Haiti. And I was so afraid that I would be dismembered or bitten. And did Haiti have the anti-venom and we're out in the countryside? Can I get flown to Miami in time to save a limb? You know, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. So the first night I went to bed, blew up the air mattress that held air for about an hour. And then I was sleeping on gravel and it was so loud. There were dogs barking and horns honking. And then at 2 a.m. voodoo drums started. Oh. That went for quite some time. Finally, around four or five o'clock in the morning, I was able to doze off. So the first night came and went, no problem. Second night, same thing, no air, I'm on gravel, the dogs, the horns, the voodoo drums. Finally, it's quiet enough to fall asleep. But I woke up because there was something on my leg. Mm. And I was so afraid of whatever it could be. And I didn't want to jerk. I didn't want to move. And so I, I slowly lifted my head and I slowly opened my eyes. And it was a chicken. It was a dang chicken on my leg. And I didn't know whether to be mad because this chicken woke me up or happy that it wasn't something worse than a chicken. Yeah. I shoot it away, you know, whatever. The third night came and went without incident. The fourth night, same thing. You know, I'm on gravel, the dogs, the horns, the voodoo drums, finally sleeping. And again, I woke up because it was something on my leg. And again, I was scared to death. And again, I slowly lifted my head and I slowly opened my eyes. And again, it was the dang chicken. And I still didn't know whether to be mad or happy about it. But that night we had chicken for dinner. So the fifth night came and went with no problem whatsoever, with no chicken. So at first I was angry. I was upset at these guys. But it was a, the month I was working on Love Keeps No Record of Wrongs and not being able to figure it out. And then it occurred to me, we don't forget the things that happen to us, but the narrative changes, the mm -hmm. tone of the story changes. So instead of, oh my gosh, these rotten guys, which if I'm hanging on to it, they don't know I'm mad at them, right? So bitterness only hurts me. And so, but instead of being bitter and angry the way I was at first, I thought, you know, the story then changes to, in, instead of these rotten guys doing this to me to this is just kind of a funny thing that happened. And now I could literally sleep anywhere in the world and be just fine. Mm -hmm. And so that's love that doesn't keep record of wrongs, which I think is an unknown part of love. And mm -hmm. yeah, so there are more. Uh, so one thing is we say that love is a two way street. You mm -hmm. hear that a lot, right? Love is a two way street, right? But it's not. Love is a one-way street. Mm -hmm. If I give you money for a pair of jeans and you give me the jeans, that's a transaction. Right. If I give you love to get love in return, mm -hmm. that's a transaction. And love is not a transaction. Mm -hmm. Love is completely up to you. 
we don't control anybody but ourselves. We have no control. I mean, as a mom, I can tell you, I had total control when I brought those babies home from the hospital. I decided when they ate and whatever, but as soon as they started crawling and the Tupperware was everywhere and pots and pans are banging, I realized I had lost all control and never got it back again. We don't control anybody but ourselves and love you give no matter what. If you give it with expectation, then that's not love. Mm -hmm. Then it, then you're doing something to get something. Mm. So the so love is not a transaction. Love is a one-way street. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. What's the third? What's the, looks like the third uh, shocking truth. Yeah. So the third shocking truth is that uh, love is patient. And we think, or I thought that that mean, meant if I showed patience, that that was love, right? Not honking my horn if I'm stuck in traffic, not getting mad because I'm ready to go, they're not ready to go or whatever. But then I figured out that love that is patient is not like that at all. I think you're supposed to love everybody. Just it's a happier life. It's a happier world. Just love everybody. And that when you do love whoever it is you're with, you recognize that this is the most important moment of your life. What's in the past is in the past and what's in the future is yet to come. This is the moment. And to be fully engaged and fully here for the person you love, the person that you're with, that is showing love that is patient. And that is something I had to practice and practice because it was so easy for me to talk to somebody, be thinking about a meeting I had later, be thinking about, you know, who has to get to soccer practice, whatever it was and not be fully engaged. And when that happens to me and maybe to other people, you hear what you think they're gonna say. Cause we make assumptions based on labels we put on people, which, and, or, or for whatever reason, or we've got a rebuttal ready, right? But when you stop and you really listen, you hear different things than you would. And you, uh, find out that you have a lot more in common than different. And when you really listen, uh, it changes things. And when someone's listened to, they feel loved. You know, if you've ever been in a conversation where you know the person's only half there, they're like, um, yeah, 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 you know, looking around or whatever, but you're thinking, why am I talking? I'm wasting my breath. But you talk to somebody who's, who's engaged with you, who's, who's really listening. Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel that love, man. You It just feels so different. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, love that is patient. Yes. What are the fourth and fifth ones, if you don't, if you want? Sure. Sure. So, so one is that love has no labels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we're love to people, then, then labels shouldn't be part of our vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You know, you are Christopher. I'm Kim. We're people all walking on the same earth, all at the same level. And when we put labels on people, we make assumptions about them. And you hear people say, oh gosh, I do love everybody. I do, but those darn Democrats, or I love everybody, but those Republicans, well, then you don't love everybody because <laughs> you put a label on somebody that, that you don't like the label, so you don't like the person. Yeah. And it, they're not hopefully if you are a Republican, you are a Democrat, that's not your entire identity. You know, that's just your political party. It's not who you are. 
it, it shouldn't be who you are. Hopefully you're a little bit deeper than just a political party, right? Yeah. And so love, love has no labels and take them away and just let people be who they're created to be. And, and it's okay to have different opinions. That's, that's a good thing. If there was a world full of me, I would be bored or I would be fighting all the time with myself or I don't know what I'd be doing, but it's good. Different opinions are good and listening and hearing different opinions is good. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, and the fifth one I would say is that love is not an emotion like fear or excitement. We don't live in fear. You know, fortunately we don't live in fear. That's not, it doesn't encompass us all every moment of every day. You know, after we watch a scary movie, you're a little clanging in the night, you know, whatever, you're going to be fearful. There's, there's going to be some fear, but it'll go away or excitement. You know, you're not just always ah, excited all the time. Right? right. Those are emotions. Love is not an emotion. Mm -hmm. Love mm -hmm. is universal and all encompassing. Love is who you are. Love is who you can be to other mm -hmm. people. It mm -hmm. is walking, talking, living, breathing. Mm -hmm. It's so much more than, than a Valentine card with a heart on it. Interesting. That's fascinating. What is, um, I know we're getting close to the end, um, but this has been really interesting because, um, like I said, it's almost like, uh, especially with, for example, finances, we're not really taught it. So, you know, unless we are clear about, you know, what is money? How do we, you know, all of that. And same thing with love. It sounds like, you know, it's all these misconceived notion, you know, Valentine's Day, the media. Um, what, what surprised you the most about the meaning of love and the word love? Well, I think the thing that surprised me the most is, is that I wasn't taught it. Mm -hmm. I, I think that was the most shocking thing is that I, when I started out on this journey, first of all, to devote a year to something is crazy to me. Like I go out to dinner, I have a hard time committing to an entree, I mean, much less committing to a whole year of doing something. And, uh, but I did. And when, when I did, I, I thought I knew. And every month, because I you worked on a word a month, and every month I thought, oh, I know what this is. Love is kind. Oh my gosh, who doesn't know what kind is? You know, who doesn't know what this is? And so most of the time I really went into it thinking, I know, you know, I already know. But every single time it took me the entire month to figure out. And every single time it was so different than what I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah. And it, the so there's these 14 is is an essence of love it took me a little longer than a year but there is this umbrella that kind of covers it all and it is it is that love lets you be who you believe you're created to be and love also lets everybody else be who they believe they're created to be so there's no room for judgment or condemnation no racism no nothing bad toward anybody and there's no room for fixing people you know i mean i was the queen of unsolicited advice you know i could look at somebody's life and go ah it'd be so much easier if you just did this right but love would say no you know it's not up to you you don't control them it's their life if they want to ask you for advice they can otherwise keep your mouth shut like just love them all you have to do is love them you know if they everybody gets to make their own choices and decide who they're going to be, what they're going to be, you know, how they're going to treat people. And uh, like, you know, even well with doctors, 
it's so important the way you treat people, right? So important. And people are, are thinking they're the only patient that day. They're not thinking about your whole day and everything else you have going on. So, you know, living in love that is patient, living in love that doesn't put labels on people, you know, and really listens and, and hears not based on assumptions, but lets each individual be an individual uh, is something to practice. Yeah. One really fantastic. Sounds like love is sort of like spirit and it's sort of like life and it's, um, you know, it's more than what we're, we make it out to be for taught. Very fascinating discussion. How can people follow you, contact you? I know you're, you're on link, you're on LinkedIn, social media, uh, and also your book as well. Right. Yeah. So my website is kimsorrell.com and I'm literally the only Kim Sorrell in the world spelled my way. Like most people can't say that, but it's because my last name's obnoxious. It has way too many letters. There are two R's, two L's, two E's, and <laughs> S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E. So that's a little hard one to remember, but loveis.info is another way to get to my website. That's a little bit easier, loveis.info. But I am all over social media. I love hearing from people. I uh, My book, Love Is, that came out of that journey, uh, as well as Cry Until You Laugh, that came out of that journey, um, are both available on Amazon, all the booksellers. Love Is is uh, in brick and mortar stores as well, Barnes and Noble and wherever. And so Love Is is easy to find. It, it's big white letters on a dark blue background. And and uh, so hopefully I'm, I think I'm pretty easy to find out there. Yeah. Um, and for all the listeners, audience out there, what uh, hope you, hopefully they, you got some good insights into what love is, the meaning of love. Um, really great guest. And uh, be sure to check out Kim's resources and links and show notes. Check her out on uh, social media as well as her book. And with that, uh, thanks so much for coming on to the show. And it's been a, it's been a great pleasure. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.